Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the Green Zone. Oh, my! He is the fattest man in the NFL! This is the Green Zone with Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on VSEN, the sports betting network. Back here on the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM, Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And it looks like everybody in the Patriots and Chargers game wants to fight each other right now. Which, again, it's football, I understand. So hopefully they won't be calling a bunch of penalties there. It is fourth and goal now for the Patriots, and it looks like they're going to go for it, down 14-7 to with eight and a half minutes to go. So Bill Belichick, fourth and goal at about the one-and-a-half-yard line, eschewing the field goal here. Let's see if that comes up and pays dividends for Mac Jones. They throw the fade route. It is incomplete. There's no flag. The Chargers will take over ahead 14-7. to Right now, no fight. From the Jaguars, Lydia Cruz, and me as a Jags backer here today, I thought, all right, I watched Seattle on Monday night. It's a short week, and the Jags, after getting their first win in London, maybe they'd be competitive. Lydia, I feel like I'm on the wrong side of things here. Hey, don't lose hope quite yet. I think for both of these teams, a lot has happened in the second half of these games, but so far, yes, it's been all Seahawks. You guys mentioned the great catch by DK Metcalf. You know, Smith able to find him in the end zone on a 14-yarder and docked a little for unsportsmanlike conduct. But I have to say, of all the unsportsmanlike conduct penalties I've seen this year, hugging a goalpost just has to be the most loving of all of them. <laughs> so that's what it was, Lydia? He hugged the goalpost? That's, that's it. That's oh, it. I, I mean, I, I, don't, but I, I know I'm the old guy in the room here, Lydia, and it just, it just drives me nuts. Like, we can't have any fun in this league. Like, yeah. I, I like fights. I, mean, I like hugging goalposts. 
What, what? This is supposed to be entertainment, right. too. You know, I, I, I mean, I know they're worried about, oh, the youth of America are not going to be sportsmanlike. Uh, the youth of America have worse influences on their cell phones than they do in the National Football League. So, uh, by the way, blocked field goal looks like here in Denver. So still no score. And that's why I'm glad we had Lydia update that. Because I had no idea why he got the unsportsmanlike conduct. I had no idea it was for hugging the goalposts. Wow. No, okay. no hugs allowed, apparently. We need a little more affection in this divided society <laughs> that we currently live in. Let's go back out to Tank Williams, Buccaneers, and Saints. And Tank, it looks like you got a good one, and you're getting some points early, which you normally get. Yeah, man. I mean, first I'm going to say that y'all are preaching the gospel when you talk about all these penalties and stuff like that. We like to see a little action. Like, the NFL won't let us get to UFC-type level yeah. of fighting. But, you know, these guys need to be able to, you know, kind of rough up and move some furniture a little bit on the field. We got to let out some aggression. But, yeah, the Saints were able to get on the board. I think you see on the flip side, the Buccaneers are really trying to do the same thing to the Saints, playing a lot of man defense. And as you alluded to earlier in the show, Jameis taking advantage with it with his legs. And then on the touchdown, though, he had Traquan Smith on the post-corner route. Man coverage, just threw it to the back pylon. Perfect ball, great catch. And then able to tie the game up. And so it looks like both of these teams really want to challenge each other with man defense. And so it's really cat on cat. So it's like my dude got to be better than your dude. And these are the games I love to watch. And they also are the games that can lead to a lot of big explosive plays and a lot of points. So I know you said you were on that under. I mean, I think I see that total creeping up. I mean, I think some people may be seeing what I'm seeing. We could see a lot of explosive plays coming on in the middle of a lot of part of this game, and both teams continue to play man defense. And, Tech, I'm with you there, man. Let the, let the kids have some – not kids, these are adults. Let them have some fun. It's an emotional game. you got to let out some of that yeah. emotion. We know where the line is as long as you don't cross over the line. I don't need these officials legislating everything if they say, oh, my goodness, it's just, you can't do that. It's just ridiculous, so, you know, and using the, using the youth of America as an excuse. It's like they see more inappropriate stuff at 10 years old on their cell phones and they're going to see what players celebrating. And uh, by the way, Jacksonville going to go for it on fourth and six here. They are on the Seattle 40 yard line already 14 enough and Jacksonville in a big hole right now. Of course, they are off a of bye week. Trevor Lawrence tries to get rid of it and to that's... no avail. It wouldn't have mattered if that was picked off anyway. Seattle going to take over on downs now 14 to nothing. And then also back to Denver. Chris Blewett blocked field goal. Uh, why did they cut Dustin Hopkins again in D.C.? Um, that's a great question, and we're going to have to ask that one right now to Chris Sheehan. Uh, Chris, interesting choice here. Dustin, Dustin Hopkins, was he the scapegoat? Was that what was ailing the Washington football team? So they get Blewett, which is the worst name for a kicker ever, and so far that's exactly what he did. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been making – enough kicks and of course he became the scapegoat but I kind of take a look at the special teams unit as a whole here you know are you taking it seriously enough in practice is it being I mean I looked at the Patriots a couple of times this year with block punts and was thinking of myself as Bill Belichick uh, losing his focus here a little bit and for me um, Washington football team, I think we know from the organization all the way down, uh, doesn't do things the right way. So they think that, you know, if that's going to distract from all of their <laughs> other problems, cutting Dustin Hopkins, a guy who's been there for a while, 
So be it. But uh, Washington is right now on defense as Teddy Bridgewater looking to cross the 50-yard line here. Um, about 12 minutes and change to go in the second quarter. No score in this one, gentlemen. And I must say, Wes, great reference to the Ghetto Boys to start the show. Yes. I very much appreciated that. Yes, uh, a Bushwick Bill would be proud of me uh, for referring to uh, the Ghetto Boys' uh, greatest hit. Uh, they, there are at least some winners out of Houston today. Yeah. The Houston Texans, not quite. We'll see what the Astros do later. But by the way, to update that price in Denver, Minus six and a half on the Denver Broncos, and now that disappears. Okay, so we'll see. Uh, again, if we get some points there, as Denver now looks like they are moving it and down. And that's why it disappeared. There Big play down the field now just outside the red zone. Okay, let's go back to Ben Fox over at South Point Casino, and he is watching the Patriots and the Chargers for us today. And, Ben, look, I, I kind of get why Bill Belichick down 14-7 is going to go for the touchdown on fourth and goal with the from the one, one and a half. I don't really have a problem with that. Um, but I am curious – with the ease that they're moving the football here, both teams, are you surprised with the offense you're seeing so far? Yeah, guys, a little surprised. Just to clean that up from what you guys were talking about earlier, some of the uh, rough housing, shall we say, yes. happened because it was fourth and goal. The Patriots called it, uh, excuse me, the Chargers called a timeout on defense. The defensive end for the Chargers didn't hear it, so they kind of tried to stop the play. Defensive end still hit Mac Jones. Mac Jones tried to make it. Seemed like it was a harder hit probably than it was. Draw a flag. A lot of pushing and shoving after that before the initial fourth and goal, uh, which then was a fade pass, which probably is not the highest percentage play when you're inside the two-yard line. Uh, Bill Belichick goes for the fade. I think it was a fade to Jacoby Myers as well, who's not Ooh. exactly the tallest receiver either on the field. So a little of a interesting play call. Uh, Patriots defense does hold the Chargers to a three and out, so Chargers – Punted the ball back, and uh, good return for the Patriots. I think they're at about the 35-yard line here. So no team really has uh, stepped up on defense too much here and there. There have been a lot of aggressiveness on fourth downs as well. So you kind of feel like the offenses feel like they're in charge here. Yeah, I, I'm with Ben on that. And, again, I saw a little bit at the end of it where I saw like the, the Chargers defensive line was basically challenging the whole team. Come on! Like, come at me! Like, I like chippy football. I don't like boring football. Mm -hmm. So when you get chippiness in the game, it's going to make it more entertaining. It's clearly chippy today between Tampa Bay and New Orleans, as Look. it always is. And I wonder if this dates back to last year between the Chargers and the Panthers, uh, excuse me, and the Patriots. Because if you remember, Bill Belichick laid a whooping on Justin Herbert, rookie mm -hmm. of the year, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that is his worst performance as a pro last year. So I wonder if that's a little bit of where that animosity stems from, from the beating the Patriots gave the Chargers. Yeah, and maybe that was talked about in some of the conference calls with the officiating crews today. Like, okay, let's clean this up a little bit. But look, uh, even though we're cleaning up, you know, some of the, the headshots, which I agree with yes. in, in terms of everything with that, but this is still a violent sport played by violent men at times. And we do got to recognize that while also balancing the fact that we are incorporating player safety here. We finally do have points in mm -hmm. Denver. Brandon McManus from 45 yards out. And it's now three to nothing. Uh, Denver uh, leading 1027 left to go. By the way, Tampa Bay did get stopped. So they do punt it fourth and six on the 40. And currently that updated price at BetMGM, Buccaneers minus three and a half. I'm also on the Saints for the game and 50 and a half on the total, which is basically what the pre-flop number was. And I believe McManus was a Stephen Baldwin's character in uh, <laughs> uh, The Usual Suspects. Fantastic movie in the 90s. If you haven't seen it, Kaiser Soze is verbal Kent. Um, right now, and that, that, that's not a spoiler 30 years later. You can't get mad at me for saying that now. Like, if you haven't seen the movie, that's kind of yeah. on you. Spoiler alert. 
The Jacksonville Jaguars right now still score with four minutes to go there in the first half. Geno Smith looked so incompetent Monday night in that loss to New Orleans. And today, he looks competent. Is this a factor of Jacksonville? Or is this like Pete Carroll actually figuring out how to run the offense with Geno Might Smith? be a little bit of both here because uh, Seattle, look, uh, and I was looking at this game, I was like, Man, can Seattle really only lay in at close four at BetMGM pretty much market-wide? But there were some threes out there earlier in the week. I was like, can Seattle really lay this number at home? And that's what I usually like to do sometimes. I didn't end up doing it today, but off a primetime game, because I do think betters you know, often put a lot of weight into what they saw last, especially on a primetime game, Sunday night or Monday night or Thursday night or what have you. And they saw Seattle couldn't do anything, so it's like, with that home field, one of the best home fields in the National Football League, can they really lay this low of a number here? I, I'm on the wrong side of it. I had Jacksonville. I, I really did think that they were taking strides because I was on Jacksonville a couple weeks ago uh, over there in England when they got their first win with Herb. That and, maybe, uh, you know, and there's some right, thought like, to that. It makes sense it's because it's like, okay, we got the monkey off our back. Now we can just go play ball. Yeah, and so far it does not look like that natural progression that I thought would happen as well. When the Patriots went forward on fourth down and did not get it, they did hold the Chargers, and they, they got a short punt. And because of that field position right now, the Patriots right back in the red zone about five and a half minutes to go there, down by seven. We have about a minute to go. Very quickly, what's your biggest takeaway from what we saw in the early wave of football games? That the Indianapolis Colts blew a very golden opportunity. I, I feel like uh, it is appropriate on Halloween, Dave. It of is. course, the uh, the great pumpkin and Charlie Brown. I feel like Sally grabbing Linus like, you owe me restitution <laughs> to Carson Wentz and Frank Reich here as, as, as she missed out on the tricks and the treats and waited with Linus for the great pumpkin. Uh, the Carolina Panthers getting a win for me was one, but we're losing players in the process still no CMC. We'll find out about Sam Darnold who left that game with a concussion, but they are 4-4, four four, so I feel like it breathes life back into the overplay for the season-long win total of 7.5. Come on back. It's the Green Zone on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh. <laughs> 
I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Football season is here. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Green Zone here on VEASAN. And each and every week, we like having the good Dr. Terrell Julian join the program, but we also like it when he's not in the program because that means we haven't had major injuries in the NFL. We're going to have the good doctor yeah, back he's on be today. busy this afternoon. A lot of quarterbacks getting hurt today. Sam Darnold, we mentioned it in their early, early wave. He went out with a concussion. And again, we don't play doctor. That's why we're going to have an actual doctor on the program. But it did not look good from what we just saw with Jameis Winston in that Buccaneers and Saints. Yeah, it looks like a leg injury. And by the way, it is Trevor Simeon in at quarterback for New Orleans. And look, Taysom Hill still out in concussion protocol. So Trevor Simeon now in his seventh season in the league. First appearance, by the way, in an NFL game since 2019 with the New York Jets. Currently, Tampa Bay minus 5.5, 48.5 on the total. Let's go back out to Tank Williams. And again, Tank is a former DB in this league. I know when defenders get shots to take legally, on quarterbacks, they're going to take him. It didn't even look like that big a hit on Jameis Winston, but maybe the leg, when it planted, kind of bent the wrong way. Yeah, it really wasn't a big hit. I mean, the unfortunate thing is that he was trying to grab Jameis from behind, so it ended up being a horse collar tackle. And his knee got caught with his cleat got caught up in the turf, and then that led to the knee grabbing. And, I mean, personally, I hate to see that. I had three knee injuries. That's what ended my career. So right when I saw it, I could tell what happened. I mean, so. Looking at it from a personal perspective from Jameis, where it seemed like he was getting his career on track, he was playing good ball, not turning the ball over as much in a really good situation. You really see him to go down at this point right now in the season when he was having so much success in a competitive game against one of the better teams in the NFL. But now, if you spend it for for the Saints team, Trevor Simeon, I mean, I have to go back in my mental Rolodex through fantasy football. <laughs> He's been able to have some decent games passing-wise. I remember him spreading the ball around a a good little bit, I think, when he's with the Denver Broncos. And so 
maybe Sean Payton's going to try to channel a little bit of that, and hopefully the Saints can stay afloat until Taysom Hill comes back. But then once Taysom does come back, is it going to be a mix of Taysom and Trevor Simeon, or will it be all Taysom? So, I mean, I think Trevor Simeon has a place right now where he can at least try to carve out a little piece of this Saints offense for himself, especially if they're in the need to have to throw the ball based on what he could do against this Bucks defense that has been kind of friendly against the pass. Take very quickly, because uh, Wes and I talk about I'm sure Wes is tired of hearing me say it each and every week here, and it is really, look, that was a quarterback scramble, right, on a busted play, and you got to try to improvise. It's more the designed quarterback runs, like the one that Sam Darnold, the hit he took today, which was a, a designed QB draw down by the goal, and I know they run Darnold down there a lot, and he had to leave with a concussion. Those are the type of plays that I don't look at the defense and blame them for taking the shots. I blame the play calling. Like, when you see this with the most important position to any football team each and every Sunday, are you as surprised as I am with this many designed QB runs? Uh, I'm not surprised to see them because, actually, I mean, they're one of the most effective run plays in the game because when you have a quarterback that can run the ball, that gives you an extra block. And so that's why you see them with guys like, you know, Jalen Hurts and those type of athletes where you'll see them using the quarterback runs and they're pretty effective. Yet at the same time, like I would say that in certain instances, I like it. But then if you look at Daniel Jones when he got knocked out the game a couple of weeks ago, right. that particular play call, a naked boot on the goal line, I didn't like that play call. Maybe an RPO or something like that where at least you have different different defenders, you know, you give them the misdirection so it may open up a lane or give him a read so it's not exactly just – all on him to make a play on the outside. And so I feel like these coordinators can definitely help their quarterbacks out by the types of run plays they do call. I'm not opposed to them calling them just the types of plays. I don't go right there with you. That Danny Jones, Danny Dimes play in Dallas is one that certainly comes to mind and the one today with Sam Darnold. And they do seem to be around the goal line when a lot of these offensive coordinators try to dial these plays up. Seattle's trying to get more points before the end of the half west right here as Geno Smith uh, throws a pick. But we'll see if that stands. There is a flag on the play. Let's go back to Lydia Cruz watching this game here between the Jags and the Seahawks. And Lydia, if this stands, it could breathe some life into Jacksonville. But let's see what the penalty is. But so far, it's been all Seattle all the time. Yeah, I think a lot of it, too, has been self-inflicted wounds for Jacksonville. They've had a lot of penalties already. Roughing the passer, taunting, delay of game, too many men on the field. Um, and they actually took a, a crucial roughing the passer call on this drive. So, yeah, a lot of self-inflicted wounds, making Seattle's defense look better than I think they actually are. And I don't know if Geno Smith, up until this play, has sort of been playing like Russell Wilson so far in the day, but uh, they're also making the offense look pretty decent. It was one of those body weight roughing the passer calls that I hate. Oh, I absolutely hate that rule. It's like, where is the guy supposed to land here? And uh, and to Lydia's point, not only too many men on the field, that roughing the passer, that was offsides, where Geno Smith threw the pick. Ten seconds left to go. He throws it away, so it looks like Seattle's going to settle for three here or try to and go up 17 to nothing over Jacksonville. The game probably isn't as lopsided as the score would indicate. Just Jacksonville making a ton ton of mistakes right now i just cannot believe in 2021 that you just had to say and explain a body weight penalty Mm -hmm. in the national football league if that isn't one of the dumbest rule changes i've ever seen i don't know what is we do have points in denver let's go back out to chris sheehan who's watching that game between washington 
and Denver. And uh, Chris, not a lot of offense so far, but points are coming, even though really at a snail's pace. Yeah, Chris blew it, did not blow it, pardon the pun, 52 <laughs> yards out, nailing the field goal to tie it up here in the second quarter between the Washington football team and Denver. Um, same sort of strategy for Washington. They're trying to get all three of their running backs in the mix. Adam Humphreys emerging. He connected on an out route about 10 yards, getting them set up in the field goal range. Uh, Taylor Heineke did take a sack from Shelby Harris or a tackle right at about the line of scrimmage there, so that stalled out the drive. Uh, Washington getting some help with Cam Sims in the passing game as well here. And Landon Collins, he got himself a sack at the 11-minute mark of the second quarter. So a lot of talk about Landon Collins yeah. and needing to play more up in the box and less at the safety position, uh, making his mark on the game so far. 3-3, 5-25 to go in the second quarter. Yeah, there was a time when Landon Collins was the highest-paid safety coming over from mm -hmm. New York to Washington, and that that move has not panned out. Uh, we just saw Wes in that New Orleans game, which is still tied up at seven, by the way, with about 11 minutes to go in the second quarter. Jameis Winston could not go off the field in his own power, had to be carted off with that one. We had Tank Williams on. We'll have him back on later. But again, Tank knows all about knee injuries. That yeah. one just did not look good. Yeah, it's going to be Trevor Simeon for the duration here for the New Orleans Saints uh, with Taysom Hill still out. And uh, as Chris mentioned, that field goal good from Chris Blewett. So now all tied at three. Denver minus two and a half, minus a buck and a quarter, 33 and a half on the in play at BetMGM. All right, 17 nothing. Looks like one second to go before halftime in Seattle. So Jacksonville, no life there. Let's see if they can get anything going in the second half. But the Patriots and Chargers so far, along with the Bucks and the Saints, have been the two best games so far in the second half of this late window. Let's go back out to Ben Falks out there at South Point uh, watching this game for us. And uh, 14 to 10 right now, but what's, what's the feel of the game, Ben, that you're getting from what you're seeing? Yeah, it's been interesting. So the Chargers potentially could be losing this game at halftime. Patriots have the balls. We hit the two-minute warning. Uh, still in their own territory and driving. The Chargers are averaging over seven yards of play, but they're two of six on third down. So really just haven't been able to convert when they need to there. Otherwise, Justin Herbert has generally looked very good. Uh, the Patriots' offense as well has looked good. It's been kind of an up-and-down, back-and-forth game. And Patriots, uh, I think a little akin to my club soccer team growing up, it, between the uh, goal boxes were great. And then once we got in the box trying to score goals, <laughs> a little difficult. Patriots in the red zone have not looked good. Leading up to the red zone, they've looked fantastic. So if they can uh, shore that up as well, I think it's going to continue to be a high-scoring game. First half total was 24, so it's sitting right on that first half line chargers minus three so again that's also in flux right now well here we go and uh hat tip to our colleague michael lombardi he talks about this all the time uh wrote it in his book talks about it on his show lombardi line the middle eight right here with the new england patriots here because they not only have a chance to get points here they do get the ball first right. in the second half so this is might be the spot where, and now they're actually going to punt it here. So 150 wow. left to go. Looked like there might have been an opportunity sure. there, but that pass was ruled incomplete. But those are things to look for in terms of when a team can double dip, when a team can score and get the ball in the second half. Something to pay attention to. That middle eight theory that Michael talks about works more often than not. Patriots on the move right now deep in New Orleans territory after Tom Brady just throws an out pattern on a frozen rope about 18 yards. We took... He's, he's older than me, I believe, and the zip on that guy's arm, it's getting better mm -hmm. with age. Hopefully, we'll get better with age. Yes.
I'm getting old. Boy, we, uh, I'm going gray if I get more results like Indianapolis today. No, they were torture for you today. Come on back. It's Green Zone here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. have some great news for our Colorado-based VEASAN fans. We have partnered with Altitude Sports Radio, and starting on Monday, all of your favorite VEASAN shows, including this one, can be heard live on Altitude Radio, 9.50 a.m. in Denver. We're extremely excited about this partnership that brings VEASAN to a great sports city with a growing audience of sports bettors. Tune in to hear all your favorite VEASAN shows live on Altitude Radio, 9.50 a.m. in Denver, starting tomorrow. Back here alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross, and your point about the Patriots getting the ball, final mm-hmm. four minutes potentially of the first half. Michael Lombardi talks about it on the Lombardi line all the time. They did have to punt, but Wes, it's still, your point, is a good one because they did get the ball right back. Yeah, plus three and a half right now on the in play at BetMGM, and to that point, when we talk about the middle eight, last four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half, whoever usually wins that segment of the game and manages the clock properly, and now New England is going to have to settle for a field goal here on a 4th and 10, 15 seconds left to go. Should be about a 47-yarder here for the Patriots, but whoever wins that last four minutes and that first four minutes of the second half, more often than not going to win that football game. Okay, let's see if they can get those points 15 seconds to go with a 48-yard field goal to try to inch ever closer down 14-10. to 10. We have our first touchdown in Denver. We'll get to Chris Sheehan in just a second, but right now let's go back out to Tank Williams with the Buccaneers and the Saints, and again, Trevor Simeon. And Tech, you know, it's interesting. When you mentioned your career and your knee situation, and again, Wes and I are not doctors. That's why we're going to have Dr. Terrell Julian on later on this program. But, boy, it just didn't look good with Jameis. And you know how difficult it is when you get advancing in age in your career like Jameis is, too. That knee injury just did not look good. No, I didn't. Uh, I mean, well, the good thing for Jameis is that, you know, even though he was pretty active and mobile, he showed you that he could use his legs trying to get out the pocket. When they're playing man coverage, that's not the meat and potatoes of his game. So, you know, he can recover from a knee surgery like that, get healthy and play from within the pocket. I mean, I was with the New England Patriots when Tom Brady hurt his knee. And, you know, Tom doesn't really depend on his speed. He's more of a, a, you know, a thrower that, you know, has pinpoint precision. And so, I feel like Jameis can, you know, try to, you know, get healthy, rehab his way back and become that type of quarterback. But it looks like we may have a turnover here in the game. Trevor Simeon coming out, Sean Payton still being aggressive with that same offense, tries to throw a deep route to uh, the converted tight end, Juwan Johnson, it looks like, and it may be picked off by Antoine Winfield Jr. I played with his dad in Minnesota, so there's all kind of synergies going on in this game right now. Well, if it, it it's good. Yeah, like ball it's gonna... hits the ground, though. Uh, Winfield oh, tried to ground, sell it. Yeah. Right. He tried to sell it, though, just like his daddy would have, so Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but Saints will get another, and they get a first down up the middle here. Nice little pass to, I believe, a, a rare fullback side. Oh, uh, Tank, very quickly, when you see... Okay, well, we'll get back to tanking a little bit and see how this offense might have changed here for the Saints with Trevor Simeon. But let's go right now to Ben Falks. Patriots and Chargers, I believe, were not to halftime yet. Uh, but Ben, kind of a wild final two minutes with a little bit of scoring, but not a whole lot. Yeah, so we just mentioned that first half total, all uh, relying on that field goal. So, again, Pat- Patriots backers will cash that first half. There's uh, 10 seconds left, and the Chargers just took a knee. So we are heading into halftime. It'll be 14-13 Chargers. 
Uh, really interesting first half. Chargers, the only mistake there, Justin Herbert, while he was uh, basically potentially being sacked, throws the ball, should have been complete to Austin Eckler. I think we're probably about the same height. I might even be a little taller. <laughs> Maybe if he was as tall as I am, he would have caught it. Just off, off the tip of his hands, uh, tipped up, intercepted. That's how the Patriots got the ball back, and then they go down and get that field goal. Really entertaining first half here between two teams. Pretty evenly matched, and we're kind of almost back where we were uh, when we started the game. I don't know that we've learned too much, except both offenses are really uh, playing well, and the Chargers capitalize on third downs. I think they win this game. And uh, to that point, and by the way, uh, Mac Jones is 8-22, of a little bit inaccurate, but he is getting big plays when he is completing passes. I want to go back to what I talked about on that in play where you t- we, we had New England getting three and a half. Mm-hmm. Now you're going into halftime. They get that field goal and talking, tying that in with the middle eight. Now it's only two and a half, oh, even wow. money. So, you know, the key numbers may be not as key anymore. Adam Burke wrote a great thing in our Visa and Daily email about that. But three is still the most key number in the NFL so big difference taking two and a half on the live now with three and a half but that's exactly what we're going to have in the Patriots Chargers yeah great uh, game so far and I I do love the Chargers unis with those blues I wish they'd have the blue helmet like Dan Fouts used to have back in the day (laughs) maybe they'd play even better but right now up 14 to 13 let's go back out to Lydia Cruz she is watching the Jags and the Seahawks and again kind of a easy coast uh, easy like uh, Sunday morning feel for Seattle in the first half as they coasted here, any hope for Jacksonville in the second half? If you were a Jags backer like me, Lydia. Yeah, we'll get that audio situation. And, and I up. saw you sneak in that easy like Sunday morning as we were talking about the fact that I can't get Lionel Richie tickets how, for his show at the win. How in the world can you not get tickets? Do you just I say know. I'm Wes Reynolds? I want front seat tickets, and uh, I want I'm, Lionel. Uh, I'm, I'm not important yet in this town, Dave. I want to be. I want to be able to go to all these shows, but uh, I did appreciate that Commodore's I have reference. a feeling you might be uh, right there on stage with him before this thing's all said and done. Okay, right now, 7-7 right now between the Buccaneers and the Saints, and it looks like the Saints back have the back have the football back. I like Trevor Simeon, and I do remember him, obviously. Uh, Tank alluded to it, too. Northwestern guy. Yeah, smart guy, right? And again, you saw him in Denver early in his career, and it looked like he had a little bit of moxie coming in. Uh, it was kind of a revelation and then kind of tailed off a little bit. kind of feels a little bit like Taylor Heineke, and right when I say that, he throws a bad pick. Yeah, and, and they got a gift there on that penalty, too. Devin White got called for roughing the passer, and uh, now we do have an interception oh. by Antoine Winfield Jr. in the end zone. There we'll see flag. what the penalty is. We got to check the laundry, obviously, before we uh, see what is happening here. Oh, it's going to be another roughing yeah, penalty. Yeah, Golston runs right into the back of him here, so... Uh, Unbelievable. This drive is going to continue. Tampa Bay, not like them to make these mistakes. No. And uh, I know that we're going to go back to Lydia here for the Jaguars in Seattle. By the way, Seattle minus a half for the second half, 21 and a half on the total. Okay, this was just a dumb penalty. I, I don't know how else to phrase it. And I believe we have Tank Williams back with us right now. I'm going to go back to Lydia because we have our audio situation. We'll get to Tank in a second. But that is just a moronic penalty by the Buccaneers. Let's go back to Lydia Cruz right now for the Jags and the Seahawks because, Lydia, again, I'm wondering if there's any signs of life, potentially, if you're a Jags backer like I am in the second half. Well, you said, you know, feeling good and coasting into this one for the Seahawks fans, which is just not something that we're comfortable with in the Pete Carroll era. No game is ever coasting or comfortable lead. So 
that, if anything, I'll say should give you hope that uh, teams always find a way to make it interesting against the Seahawks. And there's been a lot of points scored between these two teams in the second half of these games. So don't lose hope entirely just yet. Okay, I'm not going to give up hope just yet, but Seattle does have the football first. And I hope it doesn't turn into a Lions situation where it was 17-0 at the half. You're looking for a spark early. The Eagles went right down, scored first drive the second half to take a 24-0 lead, and that game was never in doubt. Yeah, and I want to bring up, uh, in terms of that roughing the passer, they also did not call Golston getting the helmet ripped off by the offensive lineman. So, uh, look, uh, there's more flags than a U.N. Security Council meeting uh, here this afternoon in the NFL. Let's go back to Tank Williams for that. And, look, I understand why Golston is upset by having his helmet ripped off, but he still can't take the cheap shot at the uh, at the back of the quarterback, right, Tank? Agreed. I mean, we already talked about it. Every NFL player knows that if you come close to a quarterback, I always talk about it, that Lance Stevenson at the free throw with LeBron. Mm. If you <laughs> on the quarterback, they're going to get a flag. And so that may be the first time I've ever seen a roughing the passer where someone actually didn't have a helmet on and you still got roughing. That shows you how bad it is. But, I mean, at the same time, Really dumb play, which covers up for a really dumb throw by Trevor Simeon yes. where Antoine Winfield actually did get an interception. But now it seems like the Saints won't be able to capitalize on it. They're going to have to try to settle for a field goal going into the half. Yeah, absolutely, Tank. Great point because it was a bad throw by Simeon, great play mm-hmm. by Winfield, but it all gets just covered up by the bad penalty. Let's go back out to Chris Sheehan right now watching Washington and Denver. And I mentioned we had our first touchdown of the game. It looks like, Chris, that Denver's starting to make some traction and take control of this thing. Yeah, Denver leading 10-3 right now late in the second quarter. Under a minute to go here. Denver just taking a timeout as Washington trying to go in. J.D. McKissick with five catches on the day, third and three. We'll see if they dial it up for him or Ricky Seals-Jones, who uh, got himself a catch here. But Melvin Gordon scoring for Denver. He's got five carries, 23 yards. Uh, Tim Patrick getting them set up in the red zone with a catch. Patrick, the Broncos' leading receiver right now with 50 yards. Jerry Judy kind of a quiet day back from the injured reserve as Denver just getting a big sack on Taylor Heineke on third and three. Looks like this half will end yeah, out. that's going to take them out of field goal range. Of Absolutely. A big sack on third down. It's Heineke. Ball went through his hands a little bit there, and that gave Weatherly the time to get that pass rush. So now 10-3 Broncos, as Chris was just mentioning. All right, so it's getting a little interesting there. The Seahawks will have to punt, so the Jaguars get a stop to start off that third quarter, so maybe a little bit of hope there. I wonder if I have any hope tonight with my Dallas Cowboys. They take on the Minnesota Vikings. Let me catch up with Mike Wobeshaw next. Uh, does a great job covering the Vikings and get the aspect from Minnesota's perspective. When you come back with us right here in the Green Zone on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. 
Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Sign up today at BetMGM and enjoy the thrill of victory on your very first bet. The King of Sportsbooks welcomes you to Showtime with the Lock of the Year. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game. And if any team scores a touchdown on Sunday, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your first bet to take advantage of this offer. Enjoy football like never before with BetMGM's live betting options, boosted odds specials, and daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets. If any pro football team scores a touchdown on Sunday, new customer offer paid in free bets. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Dave Ross alongside West Reynolds. This is the Green Zone on VEASAN. And West, we've reached the half. At most of these games, you've got some numbers of importance for people that want to get in some live betting options. Yeah, two games here at the half. By the way, Tampa Bay, New Orleans still at um, just under two minutes. New Orleans 10-7 to seven over Tampa Bay. Right now, Chargers for the second half, minus one and a half, 24 against the Patriots, 14-13 at the half. Also, Denver leading the Washington football team, 10-3. to three. Denver minus a half, minus a dollar five, just on that key number, going to be juiced to the dog there. 22 and a half, the second half total. Uh, see if the Saints can get more points before the half. To your point, Wes, they look looking pretty good here. They do have a couple timeouts with Trevor Simeon in the mix here, 10 to 7 right now with the lead and looking for more against the Bucks. Okay, 
We always like having Mike Wobeshaw on the program here on VEASAN. Does a great job covering the Vikings for Viking territory and Purple PTSD contributor. Follow him on Twitter as we do at Wobby. Wobby, can we still be friends? Because, you know, your, your boys are taking on my boys tonight. I don't know if Dak Prescott is going to play today, but I guess from the Vikings' perspective, it changes a lot of things defensively if it's Cooper Rush or if it's Dak Prescott. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I think – I don't know that anyone would say Aaron Rodgers is the second – or uh, Dak Prescott is the second-best quarterback in the NFL. I think he's up in the top echelon, you know, the top ten or whatever. I don't think anyone would say he's number two. But I think if, if we sat down and, and made a list of quarterbacks who, if they didn't play, it would represent the X amount point swing, X amount number of a point swing. I went through the list myself, and I think Dak is number two on the list. Woo! Like the, the quality of the backup and relative to the point swing. I don't know, you guys. You, you do this every day. What do you think? I mean, I think Rodgers would be number one. Mm-hmm. I think Dak is up there. I think he's two or three. And Brady, he's not Brady's like Brady. the, yeah. Yes. You know, we talked about this earlier, Wobby, because, of course, uh, the uh, Zach Wilson injury, it's like how much was he worth to the Jets? And we thought overreaction on Cincinnati here because that closes yeah. 11 and a half when it was three and a half on the look ahead. If Wilson would have played, I got to think probably be, it would have been like seven, seven and a half. So an overreaction you saw with Dallas, by the way, on the look ahead line, this was two and a half. And then it went down uh, because of obviously Dak, you know, would he have finished that yeah. game if he doesn't complete that pass at the end in overtime? But now you're seeing, you know, anywhere from two and a half to three, that is basically a five and a half point move. And really only the Aaron Rodgerses and the Tom Brady's, I think, are worth that. But, you know, absolutely justified on Dak. So let's say game time decision, he goes tonight. I don't think this is going back to the original line. No. It may go back to Pickham or maybe Minnesota is a one-point favorite because even even a non-healthy Dak is still Dak, but it's still not 100%. Yeah, and I think you're right about that. And I think, you know, back to the topic of how significant is the line move, that correlates in some, in some form or fashion to, you know, the actual game. And I really have to think it's like, the Vikings had a game plan for the Cowboys that was game plan A if Dak plays. And I think it's a completely different game plan. Game plan B is completely – it's not A1 and A2. It's, it's A and B. And I think it's a complete shift of what you were going to do to Dallas. Dak or they don't have Dak. It's a, it's a, a totally significant uh, omission or inclusion in the lineup, uh, unlike most situations, I think, for most teams. I think if Dak plays, this is actually a tighter, lower-scoring, like, chess match type of game. I think if Dak does not play, it gets out of hand, and it's an over game because the Vikings are going to put up so many points because Dallas can't win the field position uh, game. Bobby, I, I, so I think I'm, it's kind of weird. Like, if Dak plays, you'd think it'd be higher scoring. Yes. But I actually think it's, a, it's an under game if Dak plays. If Dak does not play, it's an over game. Mike, right there with you. I totally understand and picking up what you're putting down completely. This line started on the side, started at about 55, 55 and a half. It was the, the biggest one on the board when it came out last week. Then when the news hit, it dropped immediately down to 53, 52. And right now here, Bet Jim, it's 51 and a half. To that end, Wabi, yep. 
the, exactly what you're what you're saying. I was going to back the under if Dak played because I would have assumed Mike Zimmer and the Vikings would call more ball control with Dalvin Cook yeah. to try to keep the ball out of Dak Prescott's hands. If it's Cooper Rush, they don't mind having Kirk Cousins take more shots and try to open this thing up and figure we got the better quarterback. Is that the same way you look at it if you're looking at the, at the total here? Yep. Yeah, and I think and I, the only other thing I would add to that, Dave, is the fact that, that I, I, and no disrespect to Cooper Rush, who I'm sure studied his ass off this week and is trying and knows the offense, but, I mean, at some point, the mental part of the game gives way to the physical part. If the physical advantage and disadvantage is so significant, it doesn't matter how hard you studied and how hard you tried. And I think that's where it would be with the Vikings defense and that front against what Cooper Rush would try to do. So, to me, it's like the Vikings are going to have such favorable field position that they're going to score a lot of points if Dak doesn't play. You know, and I, I don't want to give someone no chance just out of res- like respect for their competitiveness, but I really think this is a severe drop-off from Dak to Cooper Rush. Vikings off a bye, rested, giving Zim extra time to prepare for this. It'd be one thing if he had a regular week to prepare for two types of game plans, but he, he's had two weeks to mm-hmm. prepare for this. And so the Vikings are going to be ready. And Wobby, to your point, and that's why I was on Minnesota early in the week, because look, Dallas, 6-0 and against the number, only undefeated team against the number, and 5-1 and overall, but that's the worst thing to happen is to get a bye week when you're all of a sudden rolling. Obviously, the Dak Prescott injury certainly yeah. matters in this standpoint, but Wobby, I, for another reason I did kind of like Minnesota here is the other quarterback in this game, that being KC8, as you like to call him, Dave, Kirk Cousins. You know, everybody <laughs> kind of has this perception of Kirk Cousins like he's kind of a lower run or lower half of the league quarterback. Not so much, though. Last 16 games, 37 touchdowns, only five interceptions. Uh, talk to us what you've seen, kind of what KC8 has done so far this year. Yeah, I mean, and this is who he is throughout his career. He's streaky. When it's good, it's really good. And then there can be times where it's bad and you can't you, you can really beat the Detroit Lions at home, right? So this is who he is. He's streaky. When everyone doing the right things, KC8's really good. Like, he's the guy you want. The problem with him, I think, and this is a theoretical opinion, not a Dallas Cowboys, Minnesota Vikings opinion. The problem with Kirk is if the house is on fire, you got to point someone out to go in, run inside of that burning house, get everyone out, put them on your back, and get it. That's not Kirk. You know, Kirk is like everything is fixed in the house, the appliances are new, the power is mm-hmm. working. Like Kirk's going to run an elite operation at that point. But if stuff's going wrong and we got to improvise and we got to go against the plan, that's not Kirk, you know. So, and it's it, that—that's who he is, week to week, season to season. The numbers bear that out. If it's protected, if the receiver runs the right route, it's going to be a completion for a touchdown. Talking with Mike Wobshaw, uh, Vikings territory and Purple PTSD contributor. Follow him on Twitter as we do at Wobby. Uh, Mike, very quickly, because Jacob Roach, our producer, says that Kirk Cousins isn't good enough to have a nickname, KCA. We've all been saying KCA, so we feel like he's playing elite-level football, at least for Kirk Cousins. We're getting the maximum from Kirk Cousins. What about this team, though? Because it feels like this team is so close to being really good that maybe the record 
isn't an indicator of how good a football they've played this year. The defense we knew last year was a challenge for Mike Zimmer. Is it getting better, and could it show itself? Yep. Certainly if it's Cooper Rush tonight, could we see that defense maybe take a step forward today? Yep, yep. The, the defense is better, guys, than it was last year. Last year they had a, confl- a confluence of problems. Injuries like Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Michael Pierce never suited up. Uh, Daniel Hunter, of course, was out the whole year on top of having a whole bunch of rookies and first-year starters playing for them. So it was a confluence of problems last year for Mike Zimmer. All that's gone. Um, Some of those younger players got a year under their belt. They added a whole uh, slew of veterans to this crew. The defense is back and it's better. And it's not 2017 Vikings defense, but it's back to where it needs to be. The problem, the issue for the Vikings is consistent play up front along the offensive line and Dalvin Cook's health. All right, it's great to have Michael Shaw on the program. And again, we can be, uh, well, we'll be enemies tonight, but we'll be friends again after this game between the Vikings and the Cowboys. Come on back. Uh, we thought we had a score change in, in L.A. We'll discuss when you come back with us on the Green Zone here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah. I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.